Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Chop, and with me is Richard McDonald from East Coast Amateur Boxing in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Richard, how are you today? Good, good, very good. Excellent. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day here to have a conversation with us and learn all about you and, you know, explain to our listeners kind of, you know, what the, the facility is about. So thanks for being on the show. Not a problem. Enjoying being there. All right, Richard. So I'm going to go ahead and open up for all of the listeners out there and just give us a little bit of background, you know, a little context on yourself, what your experiences have been, you know, what led you to get into this East Coast amateur boxing and we'll just go from there. Well, I was approximately 13 years old and uh, Muhammad Ali was on the radio saying, I'm the greatest. And uh, of course, that sparked my... Uh, so I went to the radio, turned it up, and listened to it. He went on and on, and he was fighting Sonny Liston. And um, so I was really just, and not just me, the whole, uh, all my friends and everything, we all kind of glued right to Ali. And, and, you know, he was our thing, the same thing as music. Um, you know, it was the Beatles at the same time. And the only two things I ever wanted to do in life was play music and um, run a boxing club. So that's why I'm here. So that's great. Uh, needless to say, yeah. Um, so boxing has been like, you know, a, a big passion for yourself here. And, you know, what, you know, how, how did, you know, it, it looks like here, you know, you've been boxing for quite some time. Kind of give us a quick background on like, you know, your experiences in the boxing world. Well, I, uh, I started uh, training. Um, there, was a, there wasn't very many gyms around. There's no amateur really no amateur boxing going on at that time. And uh, me and my brother both got into it. And we um, went to different gyms, uh, traveled around, checking out gyms and that. But we really liked it. And I got uh, working with a couple of kids um, down at this one gym. And this coach that was around forever asked me to join him and help him. So I did. And that's where we kind of took off. And years later, I'm still doing it. But I, I really... The thing I love about it and the thing that makes me want to do it is I know how scared I was as a kid um, growing up and people were fighting all the time and, and, you, and we, you know, fighting like we were only kids. We didn't know exactly what we were doing. It was just whoever got tired first kind of thing. And, and uh, I, it terrified me. So I wanted to learn how to box so I could protect myself. We're in a pretty rough neighborhood at that time. So I did, me and my brother did, and we got, uh, fairly good at it. Not, you know, we we're never world champions, but we could handle ourselves, and it made a big difference. But it took the panic out of going anywhere. We could, we knew that we could uh, protect ourselves, and, and uh, um, against almost most people. If not, we we were in good shape, so we could run. You know, so that's how that worked. There you go. It, uh, <laughs> the took to you know in a, and that's really cool to hear because you know, you know, not I don't hear too many people talk about like using fear is the actual driving factor, you know, more or less, it's more like people just take the, you know, this is what I want to do and I'm not going to let fear stop me. So 
you know, wanting to protect yourself and then using that as motivation to, Hey, this is what I want to do. And now I'm pretty good, you know? And like you said, you know, if they're bigger or, you know, you just calculate the chance, like, Oh, we can at least get away. That's right. And most of the kids that come to my gym, I I've been doing this for years. And most of the kids come are kind of usually kids from going from junior high to high school. And it's that fear factor. And, uh, and uh, so the thing is, um, that's the driving force as far as I'm concerned. A lot of people don't, a lot of kids don't want to admit that, but it is. And, and, and then they get into it and they really want to be competitive. They feel good about themselves and that's works out really well. Um, but they still want to learn how to, how to, how to box and how to take care of them, how to defend themselves. And I work on a lot of defense when I train kids. So the, because I think I don't like, you know, boxing is a, like every sport, like football, boxing, and contact sports like that are, are very dangerous and cause a lot of concussions. And I've always been very aware of that, even years and years ago. So I, I, we really work on a lot of defense and blocking and how to absorb a punch if it comes. Um, and uh, I'm very careful how I put somebody in the ring. If, they, if I don't think they have the skills uh, to do it, I won't put them in. And if they don't have the determination to be you know, to be a good boxer and do the running and do everything. I shouldn't have to tell somebody who really wants to do what to do, you know, what to, I tell them what to do, when to do it. They should want to be constantly there. Like some people come in and say, well, can you motivate me? I said, no, you know, I can't motivate you. You got to motivate yourself. This is your life, not mine. And I said, motivate yourself. And I said, if you want to do it, I'm here to help you. If you don't, you can't, then you maybe should take up cards or something, you know, but the thing is, um, Everybody's looking, you know, to even today, we're always looking for beauty, probably. We're always looking for something to make us better, feel better. That's why the these industries are going, growing like crazy, because people want to um, live longer and healthier and stuff like that, but they don't want to put the effort in. And uh, that's the big thing. You see a huge turnover in boxing because as soon as they start doing the workouts, that's when it, it separates the, you know, the boys from the men kind of thing. You know, it's just... Um, but I work with people. I try, even people that don't want to box or I never know, I really teach them a lot because I want them to learn how to defend themselves and how to um, um, take, you know, be, be aware of what's going on, especially in a crowded place. Uh, I've had a guy come in, he was at fifth day in black belt and uh, Kung Fu and he came to me and said, can you teach me how to fight? And I said, why are you talking about? And he, he said, I got a big crowd the other night and people attacked me. I couldn't do nothing. I said, well, and so he took boxing and boxing is an inside kind of thing. You know, you, you know, you're crowded, you're, you know, you're in close to people. So you know how to protect yourself. And, um, so I, I, I my biggest success is it trained, uh, not boxers, but people that to help to protect themselves, how they've gone on and done things. Uh, I've had a lot of good fighters. I've had a couple of champions, Canadian champions. And I had a couple amateur and professional. So I'm really successful. I trained with the Petronellis in Boston. Marvin Hager was a world champion middleweight at that time. And it was one of the biggest gyms around. And we, we went down the way to New Jersey, New York, out west. We travel a lot uh, with good fighters. I had a fighter named Ricky Anderson, who was Canadian welterweight champion. And we used to train out of New York and stuff like that. Uh, he was very successful. And uh, yeah, and the thing is, getting back to the amateur thing. So I tried to um, motivate kids to protect themselves and feel better about themselves. Um, a girl came in the other day and uh, she's 12 years old and she was beat up by 
these 16 to 17 year old girls. And uh, I couldn't believe it. She's just a really nice kid. But she, she, I told her the problem is I said, um, you, you're, you, <clears throat> because you're very shy and, and timid, you know, you, uh, that's why they picked on you because they knew it was an easy win. And they beat her up pretty good. And her mother, they took him to the police and, and all that stuff. But that's another story. But the thing is, um, she's here now and she feels, really feels good about herself. Teaching her defense, teaching her how to box and stuff like that. She's a strong kid. She'll do well if she sticks with it. But those are the kind of kids that I really wanted to reach out to when I, when I started this. I really want, I never thought, you know, that I never, it was never to groom a world champion or Canadian champion. It was to teach kids how to protect themselves and, and feel good about themselves and that's why i started and that's why i'm still here that's a really inspiring story um i was just taking some notes here but that's uh that's true passion right there you know you're you're doing it to really give people you know uh more confidence more you know stability to be able to go throughout life and i think that takes or that gives a, a kid or a person more than just skills that gives them the ability to be able to do more because they're more confident overall about, you know, they themselves as a person. Yeah. It makes them feel that I tell them you have to find out who you are, what your skill sets are and then exploit it. Not everybody's going to be a runner, not everybody's going to be a boxer, but you might be a hockey player. It doesn't matter. And, and maybe you're not even into sports. Maybe it's something else. But I said, uh, find out who you are and then exploit that. And, and the thing is, uh, we were talking the other day to some people and, and this kids there, and they're young kids, they're only 14, 12, 14, you know, they're young kids, so their brains are not even developed. They, mm -hmm. uh, they're just learning, as you know. And, and the thing is, uh, so I try to tell them, I said, when you, you know, <clears throat> try to make decisions. If, you, if you're not sure, you got a gut feeling, don't do it. Fine, talk to somebody and ask them about it and, and get some background. But I said, um, most kids are really, like I was, I'm sure you were like this too, very seldom you get a kid that wants to ask a lot of questions. They feel that, uh, uh, that um, um, this embarrassing because they don't know. Uh, they try to be, they, they want to be on your same par, but, uh, you know, it's a lot of, lot of variables there. But the thing is, so I try to get them to open up and talk to them on a personal level, not too personal because I don't want to get a mother or father to these kids, but I want them to be able to um, feel confident enough. And over the years, I've had many girls and guys, they contact me, they're all over Canada and they keep calling call me up with some other girl, called me up the other day, said I'm pregnant, having a baby, you know, and I trained her since she was 14. And, she, and I was one of the people she felt that she needed to call and tell because, and we've been really close. Um, <clears throat> these guys, over, calls me all the at least four times a year he lives in calgary but he <clears throat> i helped him through a lot of um, personal things and he still calls me what do you think of this what do you think of that and if i don't know i'll find somebody who does you know uh, so that's that's the kind of rewards uh you get from dealing with these kids and you know and i've dealt with thousands you know and uh, i keep in contact with quite a few that's Truly amazing. You know, you're, you're changing lives, you know, one, uh, one person or one group at a time. Um, so with that, I, I love that. I want to lean into that a little bit. Um, so your, your facility, you know, East coast amateur boxing, go ahead and kind of give the, the listeners out there just like a, 
like a pitch or an elevator pitch of like, what all services do you offer when somebody comes to your facility? What, what's going to be like the expectation? What's going to be like their, their progression through your facility? I, well, what I do is I teach the basics, you know, right from the, your toes all the way up to your top of your head, your fingertips. I teach the basics of uh, how to uh, um, box. And then we go from there. And every kid's different because some kids learn really quick, some kids don't, but eventually they'll all get to the same spot. And so what I do is I, I have a very, I worked out a very basic uh, technique to train everybody that works really well. Uh, and uh, some kids pick it up, like I say earlier, faster than others, but the thing is they all get there. And uh, so we teach that, I teach them, I talk to them a lot, like I say, again, repeating myself, uh, put there, how to, you know, what is important to be a person, you know, what to expect and how to uh, uh, live within the, uh, your means and, and, and exploit the opportunities you have. And so that's a big part of it too. And then when I deal with older people that want to get in shape, I deal with, uh, I dealt with some people that were, had Parkinson's and, and, uh, and I taught them, I built their strength in that and it all worked. Uh, uh, one guy was 75. And uh, so he, um, it was a very slow thing. I couldn't, because he was fragile, but uh, I got him there. I got to a point where he really he couldn't believe. He never thought he'd get again. But, uh, and then some other people, like different people just want to come in and, and uh, for a lark, wanted to try it, you know? And I had a bunch of group of women used to come every morning. Uh, they were all in their fifties and sixties and um, they used to spar with me and that, and they tried to take my head off, but it was a lot of fun. And they learned the basics of boxing, but they, it was, um, it was a real eye-opener for me because they always thought it was just a, a broody sport. You just punch something in the face. But once you learn the techniques and all that stuff, they were really impressed. So I look at it as a, an opportunity to promote the sport too, having all different types of people in. And, uh, um, you know, we shake hands after we leave every day. You know, we come in, everybody shakes everybody's hand. says, you know, thing, I, that com, you know, camaraderie, camaraderie that you want to get... Um, so yeah, so yeah, that's about it. I guess it's uh, it's just a place where everybody's welcome. You know, we have uh, I, I I had a group of First Nations people here a few years ago, and I made sure I, I had posters of First Nations people and stuff like that, uh, and I, I put a lot of that stuff up, and they, they really appreciated it. You would never believe how much they appreciated the fact that I had this stuff up there, First Nations, and um, uh, and it made me feel really good too. And they're really good. They were really good kids. They really did well. But they just, you know, grew up, moved on. But it was uh, for a while there. They were there. They were there quite uh, for a few years. But it was good. Have a drink awesome. too. Well, oh yeah, stay hydrated. Um, no, Richard, that that's awesome. You know, it's you're you're taking the the basics and teaching the like the fundamentals of, you know, like the from the the root or the ground, the framework, the structure, you know, all the way up to the, you know, the freestanding you know, moves, the boxes, the jabs, the, you know, everything else that's incorporated with the boxing. Um, so in your facility, you know, what, how many people do you service? Like what's like your member base currently? Uh, it grows up and down all the time. Uh, mine's not a huge gym. So okay. uh, we've had as many 60 people and as, as little as one, you know, uh, it, they, they just come and go. And, but they're, they're always coming, you know, and the thing is we keep them for a while, like uh, usually, a year or two and then they're on their way but um, um it's getting really popular now with a lot of women 
uh, Melissa does our, our women's classes and um, she's done really well with that and they love it. I mean, and it's not about whipping them into, um, you know, so they're supermodels, you know, they're just about fitness and feeling good about themselves. And it's a real, they have a really good uh, uh, team, you know, with going together there and, and fun and they love it. They can't, they can't wait and they have, a, you know, and Melissa's always trying to figure out something for them to do that's a little bit different. But I've come in me. I used to actually, I used to train the class, and we used to get, we used to have a lot of fun. But I brought Melissa in because I wanted them to feel more comfortable. I don't, not that they didn't feel comfortable, but I want you know, the woman on woman thing. They they felt like you know, you know, they can let their hair down a bit, maybe a little expression. But the thing is, um, so she came in and it's done really, really well. I take the class once in a while, so I torment them a lot and stuff like that. But anyway, I say this, you know, I to have cupcakes and tea after a class now. So you know, they get a kick out of that but we have a good time we have a, the, the thing about this gym is um many people have come here and they couldn't believe that how friendly it was and how um you know it didn't matter who you were what you looked like how tall short uh you know it, you were accepted in and everybody treated you with respect and that's what's really important and that that's why they keep coming back and that's why they keep talking to me over these years huge i uh wholeheartedly believe that you know, the, you kind of hit like a nail on the head that, you know, maybe some places don't always take into context or maybe it's taken for granted is that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your background is, you know, we'll say, you know, color your skin, how tall you are. Like it, it's, you're here, you're all here for the same purpose. You all here are as one group to better yourself. Yeah. I've never been, um, yeah. But I've, done, I've never been racist. I've, uh, you know, I've had a lot of black friends over the years, a lot of different people, Asians, you know, like, and I still do, uh, very close friends of mine. And um, so it wasn't hard for me to adapt that yeah. thing. We grew up in a neighborhood that was very, uh, um, you know, different minorities and everything, different people. Uh, and I don't even like calling them minorities because they're really not. They're, they're people just like the rest of us. It's just... Yeah, there's just um, a lot of diversity. Polish, you know, and the thing is, so that's the other thing. Um, they felt uh, comfortable coming here. They never felt um, like, uh, you know, I was exploiting them or or I didn't want them here or, or you know, different things. You know, I don't see, um, um, I don't see people like that. I just see people who they are and how they act. And, and that's what we work on. And if you've got a, if you're a good person and, and you're not crazy or something like that, you're more than welcome. And like I said, that's that's the biggest draw with this boxing club is that we're not just looking for fighters. Uh, we're more, we're more really into helping people uh, feel good about themselves and understanding how the world, as we see it, and other people around, how it works and how to blend in and how not to you can't let one little thing destroy your whole life. You have to look at who you are. And I try to teach that a lot, you know, look at it, look at something, but look at it. Don't glance at it and, and guess. Look at something and, re and read and understand. Uh, and that way you'll really uh, turn your life around if you're down and, and understand that, you know, you're just like everybody else. Everybody's got the same problems, just how you deal with them. Spoken like a true leader and an, an inspirational uh figure we'll say um richard so what's let's kind of talk a little more about the business you know what 
what are some of the goals that you have in the near future that you would like to see with your business? Maybe uh, where you aren't currently, but where you would want to be. Uh, I think right where I'm at, I, I you know, I'm not, uh, this was never, uh, I never made money off this business. You know, this business is, is, uh, and, and if you're trying to make money, I try to break even. So if you're trying to make, I can't, I don't want to make money off people that are in need. You know, I, I that's why I hate gambling joints that people, you have these gambling joints and people go spend all their money. They're hoping and praying that they're going to find some, some, you know, billion dollar thing. So they never have to worry again, which is never going to happen. Even if you want it, you're still going to worry. But the thing is my gym is based on just helping people that, uh, um, uh, mainly kids, uh, figuring, you know, find a way so they're not scared. I know what that felt like when I was growing up. I know how terrifying that was, not knowing what to do and not having somebody having your back. Uh, your parents are usually too busy with their own lives, uh, you know, working and keeping your food on the table and that, especially today. Uh, and um, they, and a lot of kids don't like telling their parents what's going on. They don't like telling them how they're bullied and how things, because um, they don't know how they're going to react and, and it could make things worse. And that's the thing. So, that's what I offer here. So you come in, talk, and and I do. I get really. It, it matter. You just have you, you just have to say how you doing today. How's your day going? And you just sit there and listen, and they'll just go on and on and on, especially if they're by themselves. But even if they're not, they're around everybody. For instance, I had a girl come in here one time, and she was. I was sitting in my chair waiting for the gym was just about open. She came a little early, and I said, "Hey, how you doing?" She said there and. and um, she said, I said, how's your day going? She said, terrible. I said, oh yeah, what's wrong? And then she went on for at least five minutes. And that's a long time listening to somebody talk. And she said, I hate myself. I hate my look. I looked at, and I was sitting there like, at first I thought she was kidding. I was, and I was just looking at her and, she, and I just let her go. She I hate myself. I, you know, I'm ugly. I'm doing it. And she went, look at this here. And she, and she was just for five minutes tearing herself apart. And, uh, I sat down and I said, listen, I said, uh, you know, there's people that would crawl over broken glass to look as good as you. I said, I don't know why you're doing this, but I said, you're a beautiful person. You're smart. All you can see is the, uh, the, uh, what you don't have. You don't, you're not looking at what you do have and you're beautiful. You got nice and your parents are nice. And I went on and on and on about that. And, but for a year almost, I had to, she was skipping or doing anything. I had to sit, be close to her because she was so, she'd come over here and talk, come over here. And so I talked, then she got, and she, um, she really turned her life around. She felt better about herself and stuff like that. And then she went on, she's a straight A student. She graduated from Dow. I'm not, she's in medicine or something. She's been really good. I see her once in a while. She's come to the women's classes and we're really good friends, but there's a bond there because I spent that year with her. She was, she was 17 till 18, just before she went into college. And we spent a year of me talking to her every day, uh, listening to her more than saying anything and just, you know, accentuating the positives about life and what she can do. And, you know, and I said, you got to get away from looking at how bad things are and look at how good things are. I said, you know, you live in Canada, nobody's bombing your home, nobody's killing your family. And I said, and anyway, she turned it around and now she's done really, really well. And, but there's a thing there that no matter when I see her, it could be three years, you know, two years from 
that and she's she seen her face lights up and she thinks because I'm somebody she could trust and she she uh, she spilled her guts out and told me everything and I never told anybody who she was I've mentioned the, the circumstances to other people like you uh, uh, more or less to let people know that these kids are really messed up and they're really unsure how life works once puberty hits everything changes when you're a kid you just play with toys and you're in a fantasy world but as soon as puberty hits and all of a sudden um, the internet now the internet and all this stuff it's scary so they're really looking for answers maybe they're scared to answer ask their parents maybe they're scared to ask their friends or they do and they get the right I don't know but the thing is when they come here I I try to let them know and they take it they, they really I know the power that I have and I try to use it very well because they're, I'm, I'm their boxing coach and, and uh, I always emphasize that I'm not your friend I'm your coach uh, if you want to talk about anything I don't mind but I don't want to you know I don't want to know about your boyfriend your girlfriends or anything like that just uh, but you as a person if I can help somehow if you got something there if I can't do it I find somebody that can so that's why that's the bond there. I'm not, I don't jerk them around. I don't try to say, well, you say your prayers every night and I don't do none of that shit. I said, this is reality. You have to understand this is reality. And these kids are terrified. And parents try to use all these things to uh, minimize that. But it's, it's about really understanding how to protect themselves and, and how to stay out of trouble. There's a group here in Halifax uh, that it's called WASP. And they work with more women and girls. It's an amazing course. Two friends of mine put it on. And it's to protect women against uh, uh, being raped and uh, all these different things. So I always encourage my girls to go there and check it out. Uh, it's a really great course. And they just give you common sense things. They don't, they don't you know, try to get some, you know, uh, ancient philosophy or something from Buddha or something. They just say, here, here's what you got to do. Protected. For instance, this girl came in. She said, I was being followed the other day. They said, what did you do? She said, I ran. He said, well, that's what you should have done. You got away from him? Yeah. So that worked. So it's not about learning some skill set that could, you know, like you see on TV or none of this stuff or, or, or buying a gun. It's about saving yourself uh, and finding, and they teach you the basics how to do it because most people don't have skill sets to learn on a box, karate or whatever. Um, but they teach very simple skill sets, how to get away and how to save yourself. And that's what I try to do with my boxing club is the same thing. Simple ways to get away. You got to do this. You got to be smarter. Don't be a victim. Don't, you know, and, and that's what this young girl was. She was a victim because she was shy. She's cute. She's thinking, you know, and they just lured her down there to beat her up. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like she did nothing to these people. They didn't even, they just lured her down there to beat her up. And they were pummeling her and she was on the ground and somebody said she's only 12 years old and they stopped then they said they were sorry but they weren't sorry they were just sorry that they're gonna they're in trouble and um you know that's but what makes these girls pick on this other girl you know so that's why i try to do a box and i try to teach these kids to be respectful of each other not to you know it's easy to make fun it's easy to poke fun of but you know something, it lessens you as a person when you taunt, when you make fun of somebody, whether it's to their face or, or behind their back, it lessens you because it takes a chip out of your soul. And you have to, if you want to be a good person and think think of people on a, as, a, as an equal and it doesn't matter who they are. I had that case, that one of my kids in the gym was making fun of this other little kid. And I pulled him aside and said, what are you doing that for? And he's oh, just joking around. I said, no, he's not, he doesn't feel that way. He's, well, he's laughing and I said, it doesn't matter. 
He says, if you're, you're, you're pointing them out and you're making fun of them. I said, you wouldn't like that. If I, if I started that doing that to you here, you wouldn't like it. He said, well, no. And I said, well, don't do it. I said, this is, I said, you know, I can't control what they do outside, but when they come here, I can, and I won't put up at bullies or stuff like that. I put up with people that really care. And, and the good thing about my gym is many, many people have come here and said, I never seen such a friendly gym. Everybody talks to each other. There's no bullying. There's not because I don't put up with it. And I've seen bullies come into my gym that completely changed uh, when they got here. And um, many, many times because most bullies are just scared to death. You know, they're trying to, it's, 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 it's from being a, a power struggle, trying to be stuff like that, or just uh, um, trying to find themselves and, and picking on other people. And, and they think that's the way to do it because, you know, that's, cause we're still, we're still, you know, monkeys from a tree. So we, we still revert back to that basic instincts of survival, but the thing is, and, and brutality, but the, you know, God has given the, us a brain or a mature nature, or whatever you want to call it, has given us the ability to think outside that box and that we can do better. And, you know, but then you see Putin, you know, killed, you know, hundred, over 200,000 people did that weren't dead a year ago, you know, but they're dead now, you know, and the thing is, so that's what it's all about. It's just, my gym is to give these kids uh, uh, comfort so they, when they come here, they can feel better about themselves and better about their lives and better about the future. Spoken like a true hero in a, in a, well, in a way. Not a hero. Just a person like you or anybody else that cares. And that's what it's like, you know. Yeah. I, you care. I wrote a song one time. If you love one child, you have to love them all. And, uh, and uh, that's, um, that's my philosophy in life. You know, you, you know, how you can, you know, every person, you know, or, you know, if you've ever loved anybody, and just spread that, you know, because it's the same feeling. You can love everybody. And uh, that's how I feel about it. And the thing is to be hate somebody for, I mean, there's some terrible, terrible people out there in the world. But Martin Luther King said one time, you got to, you can't, if you, if you, you're, you hate somebody, you're the one that suffers for it. So I teach people, you can't hate. You have to learn how to forgive, find a way. Might be really hard, but it's not about them. It's about saving yourself and saving yourself from that agony of that eats at your soul, you know, because you hate something, I hate somebody so bad. Yeah, the, the hate in the heart is, uh, you know, you, you, the only injustice you're doing is yourself because I, I teach this to all my clients all the time, you know, like as a coach, it's like, <clears throat> you could be hating on somebody or talking bad or talking, you know, crap about somebody, chances are they don't even really realize that you're talking about them and they don't know that. So you're wasting all this energy and this time on this person that has no idea what you're saying and for what. Yes, that's right. Like that's you're exactly giving your own energy away when you could be focusing that on you to become a better person. Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, but they also should find out a way why they're so hateful towards somebody else. What makes them, you know, because that's the root of the problem. If somebody hates somebody, they have to explore why, explore why. Now, maybe a legitimate reason. Maybe they got beat up and stuff like that when they were young and this kid picked on them and bullied them their whole lives. There might be a legitimate reason. But the thing is, that doesn't mean you can't find a way to cope with it where uh, it's not bitter in your soul. I mean, I had I went grew up and these people bullied me when I was growing up. And I realized that they didn't know any better And uh, at that time. And they were... Um, they had their own problems 
whether it's mental illness or whatever it is, they had their own problems. So you have, once you realize, you know, um, that, uh, then that gives you an opportunity to put it in perspective and say, okay, I'm not going to deal with, I'm going to forgive this person because they didn't know any better. So it, it, you got to find the root of why, even, you know, like even Hitler was a baby. And the thing is, he grew up to be a tyrant, but what made, what, brought it along that path and the thing is sometimes they're born you know sociopaths and sometimes they're not sometimes they're created psychopaths and 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 the thing is like that so it's about finding where they fit and why they're like that and how um they can they can do better and um that's what's really important and, and so everybody's different uh one of the uh, one of the kids i trained he was a he was a canadian champion amateur champion and uh, he, uh, I train a lot of older people, a lot of people with uh, disabilities. I train a lot of people. That can, and he asked me why. He said, you know, you're, you know, I'm level four coach, uh, half level five. And, and um, I, um, I've been around a long time. He had a lot of good fighters. And uh, he said to me, why do you train? I said, because it's easy to train people with ability. Try training somebody that hasn't, so like a 60-year-old, 70-year-old woman or a 60 or 70-year-old man. Or uh, um, I had people that uh, had, uh, um, you know, um, physical pro problems and that. So I teach them. I had one guy who was blind. I was teaching him. And they asked me why. I said, because it may, I have to think outside the box to teach these people. And it makes you into a better coach coach matter of matter of fact i usually if a coach comes in i want to be a coach i'll give them the worst kid with the least amount of ability in their gym so he can help them and and he wants to gravitate they all want to gravitate to kid with talent and personality and i said no you're going to go talk to this kid and you're going to work with him and teach him how to do it and you're going to have to think outside the box because he can't learn like a regular kid does or whatever a regular woman or boy or girl it doesn't matter or elderly woman i said those people you teach them how to do it you really have to think, how can I show these people so they'll understand? So it makes you into a better coach than just walking up to a gifted fighter and you show him a few things and he does it. He just picks it up and that, and then uh, that you go from there and he goes on to be something great. And um, that's happened to many coaches before. They, they, uh, they got lucky with one fighter and then that was it. Or in, I'm sure in all sports, but the thing is um, you have to... Um, by training people that like uh, that that don't have uh, aren't gifted, and you really have to go like again repeat myself outside the box. It really makes you into a better coach. It made me so much better as a coach uh, uh, because I, I had to really scratch like you're doing right now. Scratch my head. I used to scratch my head. Say, what am I going to do here? You know. But uh, I did. I figured it out, and I had a lot of people. And those are my success stories, not the fighters I trained and, and went on to do great things, but people that had no ability whatsoever, but I helped them and they felt so good. I had a woman come here, tell you this story. She came in and uh, <clears throat> she couldn't hold her hands up like this. Now you, that's hard to believe. I said, put your hands up like this. And what she did, she went. And I looked at her, I never said a word, I said, okay. But that's what she did, she was all twisted like that. And I took her and she couldn't, Step, like you, if you stand still and you step to the one foot to the uh, right, one foot to the left, she couldn't do that. That's how on thing. So she she literally couldn't step her foot one like that. That's hard to believe. And um, people looked at her and said, "Ah, what's wrong with you?" What's, and I told just one guy. I told him, "Shut up." I said, "Come here. Don't ever do that again." 
she's not doing this on purpose. She's doing this because this is what she sees. And this is what, and this is the thing she can't do. We have to do as teacher. So I took six months every day and she was like this, and I straightened her out like this, and straightened her like that, talking like that, and then I got like that, and she was talking like that, and then I took her foot, one foot, went like that, like that, and I do it again, like that, and she had a hard time. Then I said, okay, now we're gonna take this foot, and then we're gonna bring the other and go sideways. That was a chore, just to do this. And I worked with her for six months, and then she really, it was like, you know, totally turned around. She could step sideways, she was moving around, staying, and it was the, and she came to me one day in the gym. She said, um, can I talk to you? I said, sure. So I went outside and she said to me, she was crying. I said, oh my God, what happened? She said, you don't know, you don't know. And I said, no, I said, What's she said, I can't tell you how much you helped my life. I, I owe you everything. I never danced a day in my life. I never danced at my wedding. I never did anything. I couldn't do anything because I was so terrified because I was so clumsy. She said, you changed my life. She said, now I'm sailing. I'm going with friends. I golf. I do all this stuff. And the fear kept her from ever taking the right steps to get better. To me, that was my greatest, uh, one of my all-time, where I felt like I was a real coach. That meant so much to me. And I said, good. And I felt good. And um, But that shows you, like, she would have been pushed out of any other gym. She would put, she was just lucky she came here because, and I'm not saying I'm the greatest coach. I'm not trying to say that. It's just that I focus on those things where other clubs are focusing on de developing boxers, which that's what they're open for. And fitness problems. They're looking for to make money, how to build a business. I never did that. I never ever opened this gym to uh, become a multimillionaire in, in sports fitness. I've had, I've had many coaches around that uh, all over the world, Canada and states that respect me and understand who I am and, and vice versa. And the thing is, but that woman to me was the ultimate uh, moment for a coach, you know, to, to hear and see that. And uh, because most people just gravitate to people with talent. I do the exact opposite. I, I get somebody here, somebody comes in here and they're really awkward. And I'm, I just, I go right towards that because I know the house are suffering and that's, that's what's important to me. That's uh, an amazing story. Uh, you know, nothing can really top that as far as, you know, you're providing skill, but also kind of like life lesson through the skills and they don't even see that. And, you know, the, the reward is very fruitful on that one. Um, well, thanks for sharing all that, Richard. That's, uh, you know, for everybody listening out there, you know, that's a, a true, uh, a true life, lifelong skill right there is, uh, you know, being able to, you know, transform yourself into what you never thought you could do. Yeah, I, I you know, I've always had, um, I've never been, um, as, after I got to a certain age, I've never been, since, actually after I got in boxing, it gave me so much more to look, uh, uh, and that's why I loved it so much. Uh, it gave me that confidence to, to, um, be able to say what I felt and, uh, and to ask questions, you know, um, to not to be afraid to ask questions and how to do this, how do you, and that's one of the things that really, I really, um, 
contribute to boxing and, and, and life lessons is being able to ask questions. How do you do this? And not not wanting to feel like there's you're stupid or uh, I should know this or not. I mean, maybe sometimes I should, but the thing is, I I I don't. I'm not afraid to ask questions, and I won't let anybody um, try to make fun of me or or, or say, "Well, you shouldn't you know that?" Or something. I, I just tell them, "See, that's when I'm asking you a question. I, you know." I'm doing that out of respect that you have an answer and I want the same respect when you give me the answer. And the thing is, don't try to make me look like I'm, I'm less than who I am just because I don't know something. Uh, if, um, in, whether I could learn it or I don't learn it, I don't understand. I'm not less of a person and I, I have, you know, you can't just, okay, he's, he's stupid. So we'll put him over here or he's smart. So we're gonna, that's not what it is. Everybody has a spot in this planet and we all deserve the same equality as you know, I'm not saying nothing that you don't know or anybody else doesn't know, you know, uh, my biggest thing in life is justice right, for all, you know, and that's how I feel, you know. Awesome. Um, a couple last minute questions here before we wrap up, Richard. Uh, it's been great hearing, you know, all the, the good fruitful things that you're doing, you know, obviously with, you know, East Coast Amateur Boxing, you know, like, we touched a little bit in the very beginning. I wanted to revisit, um, you know, this is like, you know, big picture, just with everything that you're doing, you know, that you started this, you want to change others' lives. You, you just want to, you know, give people the confidence to go out and do what they need and not feel afraid or bullied and things like that. Like what, what would make you the happiest with like a, a big ultimate goal? Where do you want to take East Coast Amateur you know, long-term, like, do you want to continue to do what you do? Do you want to expand to do more of what you do? Kind of just paint that picture for our audience. Uh, I think, I think, I believe in fate. I believe things happen. I want to uh, keep it going the way it's going. Uh, uh, basically a nonprofit uh, facility that helps kids um, um, find themselves in that and people in general. Uh, so, yeah. So my long-term goal is that, you know, I, I, you know, to, uh, you know, if I get too, if I got any bigger, I wouldn't be able to focus on the people that I'm trying to help. You can't, yeah. if you have, if I have a gym of, you know, 12, 1500 people or 150 or 20, 200, you know, you're, it's, it becomes a business. And that's not what I never, I never wanted that, even though it is a small business, but I never want, I don't want to be in a position where, you know, somebody slips through my fingers because there's just too many. I, I'm an electrician by trade, so I make money that way. And um, and the thing is, uh, I don't, you know, to me, this is, a, uh, it was never about making money. It was mm -hmm. about building, uh, a little naive maybe at the time, building a, a place where uh, everybody can go, everybody should feel welcome and learn how to box and, and learn to protect themselves and not learn, you know, things in life. And uh, I'm a musician too. I have a band and uh, I write a lot of music and um, I try to encourage them to play an instrument. Uh, I said, it's a great uh, release. And I said, you have a lot of acting. I said, take acting studios because they can they go to an accident, you know, like they have a lot of art in, uh, in schools now where they can act. I said, that's really important that you express yourself. And even though uh, it's maybe not you, but you can think, but you'll learn things. And, and it's all about, accumulating uh, uh, knowledge and uh, experiences that you can take when you're uh, later on in life. And that's what I've tried to do. And I've had really good success with that, uh, making people feel good about themselves. And to the, like I say, to this day, they contact me and, they, and uh, they really felt safe, especially the girls in this gym. They really felt safe 
And um, that was really important. And I was training girls before it was legal. Training girls in boxing was only legal in, in, in the 80s. And okay. uh, I didn't know it was illegal, but it was illegal. There was a law that wasn't really used anymore, but it was, you know, they just passed the law saying in the 80s, I forget it was 84 to 86, that girls could train to be boxers. I couldn't believe that. You know, they've been always, you know, women have been tortured their whole lives, you know, by men. And the thing is, it's a shame. And um, it's Canada and the United States. So Canada is getting a lot better, United States. But Europe, there's a Europe, people, European countries and stuff that treat, till, treat women like second-class citizens. And what here is we totally, totally uh, support um, uh, women here and, and, um, and girls, young girls and men and young boys and men they all have the same status you know we, i don't i won't put up with any foolishness but uh but you know something if you go into a church you want to pray you know you go into a football stadium you want to see football you come into my gym it's like you adapt to what's in my gym and a lot of people come here and they're uh, they really feel it and you can see them relax and it doesn't matter we've got a lot of kids uh, from um, the immigrants now coming and can speak very little english um really nervous um they come in and, and um, but I treat them the same and uh, um, they know a little bit of English. So I work with that, but they get there and they have fun. You know, they, they, they don't feel um, like they're less than a person. They feel like they're part of the team and that's, what's important. And, uh, and that shaking hands at the end with everybody really promotes that. And uh, so, you know, they're really, you know, something, it's amazing how, uh, nervous they are about doing stuff like that and um, it's just not part of the, who they are but just walk hey man how you doing we do it when we get older shake somebody's hands how you doing but when you're young it's like, like oh, wait a sec you know uh, that seems odd but I teach them to do it so now from the 12 year olds up to the you know 50 years or 60 or whatever they are they all shake hands say goodbye to everybody walk around hey guys see you later that's because you become a team and you become uh, um, um you feel comfortable here. And when that happens, that makes a big difference. You know? And that's what this is all about. So as far as the business goes, I don't care if it ever got any bigger. I wouldn't want it to get too much bigger unless you have to have those coaches to, to work with these kids. It's not about just being fit. It's about being mentally fit too, not physically, but mentally fit too. And that's what's important. If they come here, I want to work on both those things. And I don't want them to um, feel thing. I've had people come in um, this one girl came in and she started talking to me about um, being kind of sexually harassed at school and I talked to her about it and um, she but you know she, she felt and I said look I said you know you got to understand how you know the world works you're going to get this but you're going to protect yourself you got to be avoid these people and it's but it's going to happen but you've done nothing wrong it's just your person and you shouldn't, you should take it because they don't know any better. Cause if they knew any better, they would never do that to you. And if they did, then they, and they did it on purpose because they knew better then they belong in jail. And I said, you got to understand, you know, since the dawn of time, you know, caveman hitting the wo woman with a club and dragging her behind him. I mean, how iconic is that? You know, that's exactly the male dominant world that we live in uh, likes to portray that women are less. And I've never met a woman that was less than me in my life. And, Matter of fact, most women I know are way, oh, you know, way smarter than me. Got a lot more common 
sense and, and learn it. And they had to learn it because there, there, there's so many predators out there after them. And um, uh, they had to learn how to survive. And, but, and that's what I try to teach them, you know, don't feel bad about you didn't do nothing wrong. You know, it's, I, I'm not saying nothing that never been said before by many, many people and coaches and, 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 and psychiatrists or whatever you want to call it, uh, mentors or whatever. It's just that this is just one more place where you can get that confidence and, and, and ability to, to uh, um, make something of your life. And that's my biggest thing is I want to see these kids really have a good life. I want to see them grow up, have children, understand how they work. And I want to teach them that you got to, if you're getting involved, you're going to have children, find out what takes involved to have children. You know, all these are the things that I try to teach in my club to give them advice and try to say it in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're less. Um, and it's very easy to do, you know, because you don't know when you say something, you might say good morning to somebody and somebody might take offense to that. And you don't know why, but the thing is they do. And the thing is, so, you know, it's, it's not, it's never, I'm just, don't sit here like I'm sitting on a throne dictating orders to people and tell them how to do it. And I know everything. I don't, I tell them that. I said, but I try to get them to tell me what, how they feel. And I'll ask them, I say, you want me to give you my opinion? And stuff like this, because sometimes, no matter who you are, whether it's me, you, or anybody, we start feeling that we have all the answers and that we're the smart and, you know, we're better. And it's not, you know, thing, it just happens, you know, um, it's through the pecking order of life or whatever you want to call it. And the thing is, I want to let, I, I always have to check myself and bring myself down. Cause every time I start thinking I got my shit together and I step in it, you know, the thing is, so it's, um, that's how it works. So it's, you know, you have to keep, you got to keep yourself in that level where you don't know it all. And, but you can find out, sometimes you can find out the answers by finding the people that do know the things that you're not good at. And you shouldn't give advice unless you really know what you're doing. And I do, I practice that all the time. But there is some things I feel I have a grip uh, handle on and I work with that. And that's, so the gym itself is, is exactly where I want it to be um, uh, with the, the people that I train. And they seem to, really like it. So again, I'm not going to save the world, but you know, I'm going to, I'm giving a shot at, 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 at planting some seeds. And so if I teach somebody how to, what I think is a good person, I see, you know, they might take that and plant a seed somebody else, you know, and use the same methods that I use. And not that there's not better or anything like that. And I don't want to, I want to, this is really important for coaches to understand is that You're not gods. We're not, none of us are gods. And the thing is, um, we have to really uh, understand the power that we have when we're, we're, we're giving these people information and how much they hang on our every word and they believe us because, and so you have to know what you're talking about because if you say something that, and it's wrong and they find out, then you've lost your credibility. So you have to really understand that just because you say it doesn't mean it's right and the thing is that's the way I am so I I'm always sitting there I try to do listen more than I talk and um and try to give them if I don't know I won't I won't say nothing I said I, I don't know you know I won't I won't try to speculate but I said let's find out and bless you. here's what we can do to find out and that's what's important so you know um that's what I try to do and I learned that from my own experiences in life I look back on my childhood 
what I went through and I tried to understand how confused and upset and nights I couldn't sleep because I was scared for whatever reason. And I tried to address those problems and tell them that, you know, you don't have to be. And here's your future. You have a long life, hopefully. And, and you know, um, enjoy what you got in your living Canada. So, you, you know, you, there's so much, there's so much more opportunities here. You know, so that's basically it, I guess. You know. No, awesome. All great things. Uh, and that's going to lead me into this final piece is Richard, if, if for everybody listening out there, you know, if, if there is um, a way to reach you, if, the, if, you know, this is speaking to somebody that's, you know, listening, how can they reach your facility? How can they look up, you know, pictures, website, contact? Go on East Coast, East Coast Amateur Boxing Academy. And uh, eastcoastboxing.com. Um, they can reach me there. Um, uh, and that's the best way. A lot of people uh, you type in East Coast Boxing, our website comes up. Um, and uh, so then you just send an email. We have, there's contact numbers that they can reach us. Um, uh, it's, it's on my website. And, uh, you know, we answer almost all the time. You know, we're always, if we can't, then we text back and say, we'll get back to you uh, if they leave a message. Yeah. Melissa was just giving me the thing. It's eastcoastboxingacademy.com. That's what I said the first time, I think. But anyway, uh, she's over my shoulder. She's like the little devil on my shoulder cracking me <laughs> all the time. So anyway, but I love her to death and she's a great person. But um, anyway, so uh yeah that's it so if they want to contact me there um you know we always have uh we always get back right away within you know moments or at least a day you know awesome well for everybody listening out there you heard it that's how you get a hold of them if you are in the area or if this sounds like something that you want to try out uh you have a more than passionate person that's going to give you all the skills and the uh the right intentions to do you know and do and be all the confident that you need so um there's that and for everybody listening out there if you ever want to be on the show click on the link below type in your information we'll reach out to you we'll have a great conversation but until then everybody jim lords out thank you for listening to this interview but don't go anywhere we still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode but if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joseph. Joining us on the show is Kelly and Brent from God's Gym, located down in Bowden, Georgia. Welcome to the show, you guys. How are you both doing today? Doing great. How are you? We're good. Good. I'm uh, doing pretty well myself. Happy to have you guys here. Um, looking forward to diving more into how you guys got here and, you know, what you guys are doing as a day-to-day gym owners. But before we dive into the business side of things, why don't you guys share with our listeners the inspiration behind becoming a gym owner? Well, I guess that would be me. Uh, 
like I was telling you before, we had a, uh, I had a strength team that was part of our ministry and we traveled and did feats of strength, talked to kids, churches, drug rehabs, pretty much anybody that would listen, you know, the message of Christ, fitness, the whole, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And we just decided to open our own gym and I felt led to do so. And we did it in a small town, which made it a little tougher, but, um, we got a good community and it ultimately worked out, but that was our vision. You know, it, it all started with God and that's why it's God's gym. Yeah. I like that backstory there. So Kelly, how did you get involved with the gym business? Well, when we first opened, can you hear me? A little bit. It's, it's uh, cracking out there. There we go. When we first opened, we had just um, gotten married and we pretty much started having babies soon after. So he opened it on his own. I I really was not involved in the beginning because I was busy at home raising the kids. We have three boys. But as they got older, I started working out more and started getting more involved in the gym. And then as I retired from teaching uh, a year and a half ago, I, Brent's left the working here and I started, I picked it up and have been here full time ever since. Fun. So you were a teacher, you know, by trade and then decided to come into the gym business. Yeah. Yeah. I taught for 30 years. Wow. Fun stuff. So with that, why don't you guys share your elevator pitch? So what kind of services do you offer to your membership base? Well, we are 24-7 gym. Our members have 7 access 365 days of the week, um, 365 days of the year. We um, have tanning beds, which are included in membership. We have several classes, um, including spin class, step, yoga, dance to fit, boot camp. We have young at heart classes for our elderly members um, and we just added a new one called core and conditioning um, we have I opened up bowel nutrition in the gym about a year and a half ago also so our members get discounts on their loaded teas and meal replacement shakes uh, we have showers in the bathrooms anybody that needs to um, shower after their workout if they're headed to work and we have several machines Uh, we've got a lot of heavy equipment resistance uh, machines we've got a women's only room Um, we've got some a few things planned for the future as well fun so what are those things planned what are those well we are adding um red light therapy and hopefully this month we'll get that started so we'll be offering red light therapy to our members and to the public as well. So we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So it sounds like you guys have a large range of services there, but it sounds like um, you guys have the, you know, mainly a 24-7 open gym model. So with that, I mean, it's 24-7, so you can serve many people. But like with where you guys are at right now, how many people are you serving? Uh, we have about 725 members. Okay. So, and then we have our day, our 
people who come in just for day passes. Yeah. And you got to remember, we're in a we're in a real small community. Uh, the population here in Babylon is probably uh, just a little over two thousand, mm-hmm. uh, and several little country small towns around us, and we draw from those. But but it does pretty good to to be such a a, a rural rural community. So so seven hundred twenty five members. That's quite a bit. So what's the size of this facility? Is it more in the smaller scale, larger scale? Well, we've got 8,200 square feet. Okay. Um, it's not small, but it's not, you know, some of the biggest gyms. But um, we got a lot of room, but we're actually out of room right now. And that's a little bit of a problem. So I've been looking and, and, and thinking about other places. So, you know, same, same, same town, but other buildings. Mm-hmm. Nice. So – Looking in the future, do you guys want to eventually bring in some more people or stay where you're at right now and, you know, maximize each member as you can? Well, we always want to bring in new members, but we also want to not be overcrowded. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why we're trying to, to do more things like the red light therapy. We, you know, creating businesses inside of our business. Yeah, you know, red light therapy, bad nutrition. Those, those two things alone will are bringing in more income, especially bad nutrition. I mean, every hour that that Kelly is here, she's selling loaded teas, meal replacement shakes. I mean, she's doing it, and and she has to recruit our our three boys that are two in college, <laughs> one in high school. She recruits those guys all the time. And they, they have to come up here and help her work. So um, it's a family business for sure. But I think creating business inside of business is the smartest way to go. But ultimately, we run out of room. I would like to, I would like to have a bigger building for, you know, for more storage. Uh, just spread out a little more. It's not very cramped, but, but when – our busiest times of the day, it starts getting a little bit cramped with all the people, but it's not bad. But mm-hmm. I don't want to get to a spot where we're so big that that a little bit of crisis hits in the budget and it kills us. I don't want to get there. We, yeah. I, I want to be smart about it. You know, 20 years of business, you learn a few things. Don't get it over your head. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, uh, don't get too crazy, but have some fun there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so – what do you guys do from a marketing perspective to consistently bring like new people in? Well, we do a lot on Facebook. I think that would be our main social media um, marketing that we use um, a little on Instagram, but I'm more of a Facebook user. So most of it is Facebook. We do a lot with our website as well. Um, we have, in the last year, we have started adding, giving members a chance to join online. Mm-hmm. So that has been really convenient and helpful for people that don't want to come in and join. They can join online. They do have to come in to get their key cards, but it's made the process a lot easier for some people that want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys do utilize social media there. So that's a good yeah. thing to hear. Um, 
so is that mainly the organic strategies or do you guys also use some, you know, paid advertising, like set a budget aside for it? Well, we don't really use a lot of paid advertising other than we're a big sports town. Uh, mm -hmm. Like our son's football team just won state championship. So we pour into our community. We give back to our community by giving to the sports teams, football, baseball, wrestling, you know, all of that stuff. And, and what happens is we buy ads through them. And in every football game, baseball, our name is splashed all over the, the, the big uh, scoreboard and all on the fences of the baseball field, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little smarter in a small community to advertise that way and in the football programs. I mean, because they're ultimately the people who are going to be coming are the people from here. And, and if we do mm -hmm. see people just outside of town join, it's because they, you know, they, they know us or they know a friend that works out here and their kids play sports or they saw a banner, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's more stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So <clears throat> with that, obviously it's kind of like seasonal, right? Or mm -hmm. is it like kind of like year round? Because I'm not sure how it works down in like Georgia because where I live, it's a little bit different up here in the cold. The sporting events? Yes. Yeah. Well. It's pretty much year round. Yeah. I mean, we, we just came right out of football, right into baseball and basketball. And once those are over in the summer, I mean, there's a little bit of a lull there, but football cranks right back up with, with summer practices. And I mean, it's a nonstop thing here with, with mm -hmm. sports. Okay. Uh, if it doesn't get as cold here. Yeah. Down south. Down yeah, south. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, nice here. Like, we've, we've been up in the 60s and 70s this week. It just dropped down in the 30s today. And, and it feels like a – Blizzard does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like warm weather for me. Um, yeah. So, so with those sporting events and like putting your your name up there, um, do you guys like ask like new people who come in like, hey, you know, where did you find us? Or, well, actually, my real question here is like, are you able to like, I guess, predict how many people come in from those? No, not really. I mean, okay. we can predict who, who comes in by the website because that's usually where they sign up at. Or they'll call and say, hey, I saw you on the website, and they'll ask questions there. But I don't think we, we – I don't think she has a system to monitor who comes from what. Mm -hmm. I think it all is working pretty well together. I mean, sometimes I'll know, like, if we get them from our Facebook because they'll message on Facebook, and I can, yeah. I can track those. But as far as – anything else not really we don't track it okay so let's just say someone reaches out whether that be a phone call message on facebook email whatever it is um walk me through the typical customer journey from that first point of contact to signing the paperwork new member well, if a lot of times they'll message on Facebook asking questions, whether it be about classes or what we offer. A lot of times I will um, guide them to the website because it does have a lot, it has pictures, it has a lot of information about our classes. And 
sometimes they'll go there and check things out. I like to invite them in to go for a tour, let me show them around, um, talk about pricing. And then if they decide they want to join our member, our sign up process is very quick. We can sign someone up in just a few minutes. Um, so it's, once they decide they want to join, it's a quick process. We can get them in, give them a key card, and then they're good to go. Sweet. So let's just say you get that new member. On average, like what's the the lifetime value of them or like how long do they normally stay with the gym? Most of our members sign up at least for a year, but most of them stay longer. Yeah, I, I've been noticing um, that I ask her a lot, have you had many cancellations? Um, I used to keep a book of, of, of new members and cancellations. And I don't think you've had very no, many we cancellations. Don't have very many. I mean, yes, we do occasionally, of course, but most of our members, once they get here, most of them stay unless they move away or have some kind of life changing event where they can't afford it or some reason like that. Most of them stay with us. Yeah, it, it, and I've had members call and say, hey, I'm not using the gym right now, but I'm going to keep my membership. I'm like, okay, that's up to you. I can't cancel it unless you tell me to anyway. So, I mean, our prices are pretty, I think, are affordable. Um, so I think people like that and are willing to stay with us. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, you guys, I would like to get a little bit more philosophical here, if you don't mind, you know, when you first got into the gym business, um, you know, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to your, your like, you know, younger self, Brent? Because obviously, like, you started 20 years ago. So, yeah, into it, what's that one thing that you would say, focus on this? Well, I think the lifeline of any gym membership, and there, there'll be people disagree with this, but here in a small community, is the one thing I would say was to get good equipment, but get a commitment from your members. And the way we did that, when we started offering a bank draft, we have, we have a billing company that does our billing and we started offering automatic drafts. And when we did that, that really changed our income because that automatic draft money is year round, even though the gym business is a little seasonal, you know, it's up and down throughout the year. Uh, especially there's a big lull in the end of summer until school starts back. And when you have enough bank drafts, you don't have such a big lull in your finance. So I would say have your prices competitive enough and offer automatic drafts and, and get your members to commit for at least a year. You can even do six months, but you're, you've got those guys locked in for that time period. And you've got also got your finances locked in for that time period, because once those, once those bank drafts build up, you've got a substantial amount of income coming in monthly. Mm -hmm. And you're and not falling off. Guaranteed to come in because it is a contract. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. and we didn't do that at the beginning. So Yeah, it was very hard in the beginning because we were just relying on um, just, you know, people walking in and signing up. And, and 
then they wouldn't come back and pay it, you know, because I've figured out in the, in the, in the years of being in this business, when times get tough or people get lazy, the last thing they pay is your gym membership. Mm-hmm. But if you got them locked in and it's automatically coming out, that's going to be the last thing they cancel. So a little bit of a commitment there for your members, but you reward them by having that price, you know, affordable and competitive. Mm-hmm. And also having a, having a great environment too, which also helps with like the culture and the, Oh yeah. And the environment, you know, especially in a, in a smaller town. Cause I relate to that. Like I live in a town with like 1200 people. So it's like, I understand you want to have that strong community. Yeah. And I think that's, we really have that here because I, before I took the job where I'm at as a police chief. Now I was a police, I was a canine officer here in this town and yeah. Kelly was a teacher in this town. So we, we had a bond with the community and it just, kept, it just keeps getting stronger and stronger with our kids coming up. Now our, our two oldest boys help coach the football team. Our youngest one's still playing, you know, it, we just got a real good bond with the community and it just helps the atmosphere inside the gym because all those people that know us out there are coming in here training with us and it's just a good thing. Mm-hmm. And having that, you know, family lineage around the community, always like being like, Hey, you know, come to the gym, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, let's work out. Let's make an impact. It also helps. So, um, so Kelly, from your side of things, what's that one piece of advice that you'd give to, you know, your younger self getting into this gym business? Um, I think as far as having a lot of women members, adding the classes has really helped, um, they, a lot of our, most of our classes are women. I mean, we do have a few men here and there, but, um, most of them are made up of women members. And I think that has helped. Um, we have not always offered classes, I guess the last 10, 12 years, we started doing classes. And I think our, um, female population has really, um, gone up since we started offering those. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So, so getting, you know, both men and women, getting them more involved in a gym and, you know, giving back, like more options, teach yes. Type person. Yes. Awesome. And that also helps with, you know, business and, and revenue and opportunities to grow. So yeah, um, that is great to hear. And you guys, it does look like we're running short on time here with the episode, but before we hop off, why don't you share your social medias and your website so our listeners can find you? Okay, we can find us on Facebook at God's Gym. And our website is www.godsgymbn, as in bowelnutrition, bn.com. Awesome. Thank you for sharing those. And uh, Kelly and Brent, I want to thank you both for hopping on the episode today. It was a pleasure speaking with you both. Thank, thank you, you so much. Of course. And to all of our listeners, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Jessica and Becky out of F45 in California. What's going on, y'all? How are we doing? Good. How are you? Hey, Emily. Um, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Um, Now, before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going on and how you run your gym, first tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Um, so we consider F40. So we were, we have four F45 locations in Sonoma County. F stands for functional and 45 stands for the 45 minute classes. So they're, um, a mix of circuit training and hit style classes. Every day is different. Um, some days are cardio based. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday are cardio based classes, Tuesday and Thursday are strength and resistance. And then Saturdays are our classes where there's 60 minutes of hybrid training, their heart pumping, awesome energy circuit training classes. So those are like the big classes of the week. Um, we kind of, my husband and I were, when we met, we're into fitness. Um, I got pregnant pretty early in our relationship and got um, pretty big. So my goal after that was, I love fitness. I was trying to lose my after baby weight. And so um, I was never, you know, a super into athletics when I was a kid, I was a competitive cheerleader. So I never really had like the niche for exercise. Um, but I, and I was always scared of kind of big box gyms. You go into the gym, you don't know how this equipment works. Um, so we were always kind of finding something like that, that would be comfortable. I got my training, sir. I got super into fitness. Um, and we were on a vacation in La Jolla and we saw an F45. We walked in the door and within five minutes, we looked at each other. We were like, this is it. It just was comfortable. Everyone was friendly, smiling faces. It felt like family. The class kicked our butt. My husband actually threw up the fir- after the first class. Even though that happened, we went back the next day, the whole diet day we were there, and it just felt right. Um, we actually called F45 Franchise while we were on vacation to um, see how to get started into opening our own because we just loved it that much. Wow. So is this something that you and your husband, were y'all talking about, like, I think, you know, we want to start a gym. We all like in the process of kind of figuring out like the, the route to go. And I guess my question is like, how do you decide to go the franchise route? And what were in your mind, like the pros to doing that versus starting your own studio? Um, we went franchise route more just because, um, we are, the towns we live in are a little bit smaller. So the only other franchise here technically is kind of orange theory. Um, and also we just like the feel of the franchise, um, 
a big thing about F45 is they give you kind of the workouts every day. So you can kind of, you get those workouts every day and then you can make a twist on it with your own training style, which I really liked. I liked how you could um, necessarily be more one-on-one with the clients in the class instead of worrying about what their program was or what they were, we had to create for them each day. So I, I'm a very personable person. I love communication. I love people. So I really liked how the exercises are on the screen and you could kind of make it a more one-on-one experience with those people's and people in your class um and f45 franchise i don't necessarily know if we knew we were going to go the franchise route um we just fell in love with the product when we were there and so that's kind of what we chose yeah so did either of you guys have a background in entrepreneurship or business ownership prior to getting into this industry uh my husband and i know uh, my dad definitely he helped has helped us through all of this. He, um, he is a CEO and runs a huge company locally, um, and worldwide. So he definitely is the overhead and the help of that and kind of helping us get started and all of the, um, you know, help we needed to get going. Um, but it was definitely our first go about opening business together. Yeah. Jessica. Yeah. I haven't had any experience with entrepreneurship, but what's so incredible about the franchise is everything is really laid out. They want you to succeed and they believe that their product is undeniable and really there's nothing like it. And so we will thrive if we follow what they've given us. And then we can throw our own twist on it based off of our members, our coaches, our team, and what we see happening in the day to day. Yeah. So it sounds like they already had a proven system that works. All you had to do was follow it in order to build a successful gym. Yes. Okay. So what are, I guess, some of the skills, maybe that you didn't know stepping into, or maybe you did, stepping into business ownership that you think are necessary to be successful in this industry specifically? Um, Skills. Well, definitely. So some skills we had to figure out is kind of like, how the gym would work, how the flow of it, you know, um, how to make everyone comfortable in a studio gym, um, all that kind of stuff. One big thing F45 does have is there's no mirrors. So you're not allowed to have any mirrors on the floor, which was a big hit for me is I've never, you know, like to be judged in a gym. I always want everyone to be comfortable. So it was something like that, finding a comfortable space where everyone feels comfortable. Um, Jess, you want to add on to that? Yeah, I think that something that we learned along the way was leading a team uh, because we want our members to feel empowered. We want our coaches to feel empowered. We want everyone on our team to feel empowered to really step up and be a game changer, um, but also stick with the format that we're presenting to them. Um, As we've opened multiple locations, also just knowing knowing our members, knowing their goals and knowing what works for them, we can't run all four locations the same because all the members are totally different and want and need different things. And Mm -hmm. so I think flexibility has been huge for us as well. Have you noticed, uh, just piggybacking off of what you said about not running all the locations the same, is there anything specific that you were talking about? Yeah, I think that, you know, one of our locations is a lot more um, families, moms, uh, working moms. So some of our promotions or specials 
will be more geared towards that. Mm -hmm. um, class times that we offer, you know, one of our locations is in kind of a commuter area where maybe a later night class on their way home would be better. Uh, yeah. So, and, and I think making those decisions first and foremost, we had to really get to know each member. When we opened that first location, we knew everybody, we knew their kids' names, we knew everything about them. And it really led to a fine-tuned, tailored experience. Um, and now that we're so expansive, we really try to hold on to that. Yeah, that's, I like that. So being that y'all have four locations, how do you stay organized? Or what systems do you have in place to keep everything together? Um, well, between all four studios organized, I mean, so we have probably below, so it's myself and we have, I have another like go-to guy, his name's Jeff. So he's kind of our training manager, um, with all four studios, we have about 24 trainers. Mm -hmm. Um, we have between eight and nine classes a day. So, um, when we first opened, you know, myself, um, even before Jess was with us, which was just shortly after I was doing every class, doing all the marketing, doing all the emails, which as you know, you get burnt out really quick with two kids at home. Um, and so it was, we needed to find a better, you know, way to do it. So I feel like with organization, Jess and I have an awesome way we do things. We have certain Excel spreadsheets. We have communication through a company called Loyal Snap, which helps us keep organized with all the members, all the trialers coming in, um, all of, you know, the payments, the monthly, all that stuff. We also have, we use MindBody for our studios. So that definitely helps. But organization wise, um, Jess and I, it's all about communication. Um, Jess and I have incredible communication about what we need to do that day. We have a list of everything we need to do that day. We have to hit those notes. And then we um, also make sure we have a top team, which there's eight of us. And then there's about uh, 16 underneath that. So we make sure those head trainers, you know, know the nitty gritty of everything so that they can actually communicate to the hourly trainers so that we can actually do more of a efficient job at all the, you know, memberships, management and controlling of the gyms. Gotcha. Okay. Jesse, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think at, at the end of the day, the communication is huge and really compartmentalizing what we need to do. We have events, we have member acquisition, we have member retention, you know, we have just uh, account management and trying not to multitask too much and stay on track and, and also delegate by all means. Yeah. Uh, We've really appreciated our texting platforms that we utilize, um, dabbling in different marketing companies and, and trying to streamline things as much, as much as possible so it doesn't get overwhelming. Yeah. So Becky, when you opened your first gym, did you do like a pre-sale for the gym or did you start with like zero members and have to build for yeah. that? Yeah. So um, when you before you open, you had to go uh, pre-COVID, it was called induction. So you had to go to a week of induction down in LA at F45 HQ. So myself, my husband and a trainer that we were bringing on to kind of be the head trainer um, locally, we found him. We had to do that whole process. Um, and they kind of teach us the ins and outs of how to do pre-sales, how to get all that going. So probably about a month and a half before our studio was open, um, we had pre-sales. So that was, you know, getting that, paying that membership price that no one could get, you know, once it was open, which was a 150 price. 
And um, we walked around town, told everyone we were opening. We had a table in front of the gym because it's a pretty busy area where our first gym um, opened. So that was huge. Just kind of getting the name out there. F45 before our studios. Um, the closest one I think was LA. So it was a new name for people. So people drove by all the time. It was nice to have someone there for the pre-sales and kind of just give everyone the information they needed. But yeah, we had a pretty big pre-sale base before our studio opened. It was at least 100, 120, 150. Um, that was, you know, word of mouth, friends, family, and all that. So that was an awesome start. But yeah, we had a pre-sale of a certain price um, before we opened. Gotcha. And then I guess you just repeat the process for the other three or something similar? A little bit. Yeah. So it got a little bit tricky because the weekend we were supposed to open those next two gyms, COVID happened and we actually could never open those gyms. Um, so it got kind of tricky about that. A lot of people, we had the pre-sales and we were literally supposed to open that weekend and then the shutdown happened. Um, so, you know, as you would, as a customer, we had some unhappy customers, some customers, we did everything known to mankind to keep the studios afloat during that. But um, we did do a certain similar process. It was just a little bit different. Gotcha. Okay. So my next question is about marketing. Um, I know for the pre-sale, it sounds like you did like a lot of like physical work, going out, networking with people. Um, what else are you guys doing for marketing to get people in the door and get to continue to grow? Um, we, we've used multiple companies for marketing. Um, myself, Justin, my dad, we're really big on marketing and getting it out there. We have, um, an awesome Instagram and Facebook base. So a lot of that, um, and then we've used local marketing companies, radio stations, um, other marketing companies to do, you know, paid ads and stuff like that, um, to just kind of continue to push the brand into people's, you know, word of mouth and eyes on their phones mm -hmm. you know a lot of local targeting um if a male or female at a certain age walks into target they get our ad you know um stuff like that to kind of just keep pushing ads on local um demographics to kind of keep f45 on their phones gotcha okay jessica did you have yeah. yeah, I think what we experienced is we've tried so many avenues for lead generation um and we've succeeded so well in that. The lead conversion is um, huge for us. Once people are in our door, the place sells themselves. Um, but generating those leads and getting them in the door is where we've just been working day in and day out, trying to find the best process possible. And Facebook and Instagram have been really helpful. Um, but from what we know, as long as we are on people's minds, they will eventually come and try it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know that you mentioned earlier that you do a lot of the ac client acquisition. Mm -hmm. Jessica, was that right? Yes. Okay. So I guess in your opinion, like, what is the best source of lead generation? What has that been for you guys? You know, with Sonoma County being the way it is, it's, it's big enough where there's a lot of opportunity, but it truly is a small town feel from each individual location that we have. So word of mouth is huge for us. And that just means making sure that our coaches are really close with each member and knows every member's name and makes every member feel comfortable inviting their friends and family in. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise it's going to be the Facebook and the Instagram and just showing them what we do on those platforms. 
and driving the message across that this is a very all levels come as you are kind of place. I think when you see HIT training and you see circuit training, it's a little overwhelming, but functional F45 really means longevity. It really means injury prevention. And so uh, across every demographic and age range, we, we fit the bill for people and communicating that um, online is where we're succeeding. Yeah. So is this through paid um, advertisement or is like most of your content on there organic? A little bit of both. Um, we're big on organic content just solely so that when people see our studios, we wanted them it to feel real and not, um, you know, like just images from the F45 have provided. So a lot of our social media is organic content. Um, we have so, two social media trainers who also trainers, which make it awesome organic. Um, and I've just been big on always making sure everyone feels comfortable. It's a family. I want every, so when we first opened that first studio, it was getting to know everyone's names, making sure everyone loved the product, loved us. Um, I mean, we've been open tonight, almost four years now or going into four years. Um, and we still have some of those day one members that like bleed and love our product. So that was a huge part of that. And then we also do you, we've used a few companies and we've kind of stuck to one lately that seems to be working and those are paid ads. So we, he does paid ads. Um, and, and then it's through communication with that paid ad with, um, a platform online that brings in those people's information, their numbers. And then that's when Jess and I take over, we call and text them and kind of get to know them. And we just, I like one-on-one -on -one communication, like calling them, um, is the best way to kind of do it. An email and a text isn't always that personal. Um, mm -hmm. So we're big on like that one-on-one -on -one phone call conversation. Gotcha. Okay. So are you guys doing the majority of the selling? Like, let's say I see one of your advertisements on Instagram or Facebook. Does that lead me to uh, maybe a free class or just coming in for a consult? Yeah. So if you clicked on an ad, it pretty much would put your information, you'd put your information in. Um, and then Jess and I get it's the same text of the, your information and it's up to her and I, um, to either to call text or, or get you in the loyal snap information. Um, but you're hearing from, from us pretty much within 15 minutes to an hour, um, to get you into the studio. Um, we do trials. Um, so we have, a, we've done one week trials for free, um, we don't necessarily have liked that as much as we now we do one week for $10. So we kind of tell you about F45, what it's all about. Some people aren't comfortable with that right away. So we said, why don't we get you in for your first free class? We'll talk to you after that class and kind of get you in there. Um, mm -hmm. After that process is done, once we get them in the studio, um, Jess, myself, or one of our head trainers kind of takes it over or we work out with them and just kind of make them feel at home. I got you. Yeah, I think the sales experience, we are shifting it to be a little more of an in-studio um, experience. Our head trainers are coaching so many of the classes and they're leading their team of trainers. And so we haven't been too apt to ask them to be involved in the sales piece, especially while Becky and I have it really well covered. Um, and as it relates to the trial, the free trial will definitely get more people in the door, but the paid trial, there's a higher level of accountability that they'll do more than just one session and go cold on us. And then we have their card information on file for an easier conversion. Yeah. So from a management perspective, I think there's, uh, gains to both of those options. That's a good point that you bring up. You said easier conversion card on file. So are there 
is there anything that you've noticed like having a card on file, like having people, even though $10 is not that big of a difference from something that's free, but technically, I guess it is because it's working better. Like, is there anything that you've noticed that help with sales conversions or that? Yeah, I think letting people, letting people know, well, let me ask Emily, are you asking from a lead to a trial or from a trial to a membership? I would say from a trial to a membership. Yeah, uh, our biggest piece is making sure that throughout that trial, that week, that they're getting told over and over again, all the added value. Added value is a huge concept for us and the franchise has so much of it. Um, whether it be the body composition scanner, we run eight week nutrition challenges quarterly. You know, we have fundraising events. We do, um, you know, veterans programs. We have the option to do um, youth classes. So it's not just showing up, working out and leaving. And as long as we can communicate that, it's a no brainer for people to want to continue with us. Yeah. Awesome sauce. So let's talk a little bit about what the future looks like for all of your locations. Um, kind of paint the picture for us, for our listeners about where you all are taking things. Uh, well, right now we're just, we're pretty, well, we're not comfortable, but it's been, COVID was really hard on our town. Um, with COVID, we also live where all the wildfires are um up here in northern california so the last year or two has been a huge hit on us to be honest um i mean we were outside training jess and i in 20 degree weather for over a year running eight classes holding every piece of equipment you know outside so that was a huge benefit to keeping people um and now it's just kind of our town is finally I feel like COVID free. So we just want to continue to bring the energy of what F45 is, make everyone comfortable. Our goal kind of, you know, is to keep the flow going, keep the energy alive. And, you know, of course, bring in new members. Um, we have four studios. We kind of, our goal, I think maybe is to just kind of continue the energy and continue to bring F45 to town and just, you know, continue to push what a great product it is. Um, we've had a good month, which is awesome. Um, so I just want to keep the continuing of, you know, the product and pushing it to town just so everyone loves that 45 as much as we do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that big picture, we want, we want every class to have a full wait list. We want to be forced to have five Saturday classes because they're so full. You know, what F45 has to offer, we want our community to experience it because it's it's team training. You know, we say it's life-changing and just people high-fiving each other, people being in this group together, the coaches encouraging people, pushing people, um, meeting people where they are. Uh, we just want to see that at full capacity across the board in our county. Yeah, very well said, ladies. Well, I got one more question for both of you guys before we wrap up on this episode. If you both could give our listeners a piece of advice that you wish you would have had at the very beginning of your journey, knowing everything that you, of course, know now. Um, 
one of a big piece that I would give that I actually just kind of mentioned at the beginning is delegate. Um, at the beginning of all of this, I was too scared to delegate because I wanted to do it all. You know, it was my dream, my husband and I's dream. It was, you know, I wanted to be able to train every class, do all the marketing, do all the calls, but that, you know, it tires you out. You know, you have to delegate. And, um, that was been a huge thing for me is, um, trusting other people that they love the product as much as I do and trusting in our employees to bring the product so that one person doesn't have to be at all four gyms. Cause that's impossible. So something it would be delegate and believe in your team and your product. Um, and if you communicate well with your team and you, you know, you love and the product and you trust in it, then your people will trust in you and the product to kind of bring it to the studios as well. That's awesome, Becky. Um, similarly, inspiring growth. When we think about retention, our founding members have been with us for four years and while the, the product may not be changing, our coaches are constantly growing in what they have to offer. We bring our own personal pieces into the studio. So always having this kind of aura of growth and development in any context that you're in is going to keep your members engaged and around a lot longer. And it's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. However, before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, you can find us at f45sonomacounty.com or um, f45training.com backslash Santa Rosa Bennett Valley, Windsor Hillsburg, Petaluma, or Santa Rosa North. All righty. Thanks, y'all. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I'm especially looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lodge out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.